0: This is section 23 of *The Gilded Age*. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. *The Gilded Age: A Tale of Today* by Mark Twain and C. D. Warner. Chapter 23. Oh, see ye not yon narrow road so thick beset with thorns and briars, that is the path of righteousness, though after it but few inquires. And see ye not yon braid braid road that lies across the lily leaven? That is the path of wickedness, though some call it the road to heaven." Thomas the Rhymer Philip and Harry reached New York in very different states of mind. Harry was buoyant. He found a letter from Colonel Sellers urging him to go to Washington and confer with Senator Dilworthy. The petition was in his hands. It had been signed by everybody of any importance in Missouri, and would be presented immediately. I should go on myself," wrote the colonel, but I am engaged in the invention of a process for lighting such a city as St. Louis by means of water. Just attach my machine to the water-pipes anywhere, and the decomposition of the fluid begins, and you will have floods of light for the mere cost of the machine. I've nearly got the lighting part, but I want to attach to it a heating, cooking, washing, and ironing apparatus. It's going to be the great thing, but we'd better keep this appropriation going while I am perfecting it." Harry took letters to several congressmen from his uncle and from Mr. Duff Brown, each of whom had an extensive acquaintance in both houses, where they were well known as men engaged in large private operations for the public good, and men besides who, in the slang of the day, understood the virtues of addition, division, and silence. Senator Dilworthy introduced the petition into the Senate with the remark that he knew personally the signers of it, that they were men interested—it was true in the improvement of the country—but he believed without any selfish motive, and that so far as he knew the signers were loyal. It pleased him to see upon the roll the names of many colored citizens, and it must rejoice every friend of humanity to know that this lately emancipated race, were intelligently taking part in the development of the resources of their native land he moved the reference of the petition to the proper committee senator dilworthy introduced his young friend to influential members as a person who was very well informed about the salt lick extension of the pacific and was one of the engineers who had made a careful survey of columbus river and left him to exhibit his maps and plans, and to show the connection between the public treasury, the city of Napoleon, and legislation for the benefit of the whole country. Harry was the guest of Senator Dilworthy. There was scarcely any good movement in which the Senator was not interested. His house was open to all the laborers in the field of total abstinence, and much of his time was taken up in attending the meetings of this cause. He had a Bible class in the Sunday school of the church which he attended, and he suggested to Harry that he might take a class during the time he remained in Washington. Mr. Washington Hawkins had a class. Harry asked the senator if there was a class of young ladies for him to teach, and after that the senator did not press the subject. Philip, if the truth must be told, was not well satisfied with his Western prospects, nor altogether with the people he had fallen in with the railroad contractors held out large but rather indefinite promises. Opportunities for a fortune he did not doubt existed in Missouri, but for himself he saw no better means for livelihood than the mastery of the profession he had rather thoughtlessly entered upon. During the summer he had made considerable practical advance in the science of engineering. He had been diligent, and made himself to a certain extent necessary to the work he was engaged on. The contractors called him into their consultations frequently, as to the character of the country he had been over, and the cost of constructing the road, the nature of the work, etc. Still, Philip felt that if he was going to make either reputation or money as an engineer, he had a great deal of hard study before him, and it is to his credit that he did not shrink from it. While Harry was in Washington dancing attendance upon the National Legislature, and making the acquaintance of the vast lobby that encircled it, Philip devoted himself day and night, with an energy and a concentration he was capable of, to the learning and theory of his profession, and to the science of railroad building. He wrote some papers at this time for the plough, the loom, and the anvil upon the strength of materials, and especially upon bridge-building, which attracted considerable attention, and were copied into the English practical magazine. They served at any rate to raise Philip in the opinion of his friends, the contractors, for practical men have a certain superstitious estimation of ability with the pen, and though they may a little despise the talent, they are quite ready to make use of it. Philip sent copies of his performances to Ruth's father and to other gentlemen whose good opinion he coveted, but he did not rest upon his laurels. Indeed, so diligently had he applied himself, that when it came time for him to return to the West, he felt himself, at least in theory, competent to take charge of a division in the field. End of chapter 23